Welcome back to Fat Man Talking Podcast. On this week's episode, I sit down with Kieran O'Byrne, an online strength and conditioning coach based out of Cork, to discuss how he approaches training his clients, his preparation for Ironman Cork this summer, and plenty more. As always, make sure to subscribe and share it out if you enjoy listening. And look, I'll take you straight over to the interview. Enjoy, guys. Cool. Kieran O'Byrne, what is going on, man? Welcome to the show. How are you keeping today? Hey, bud. Thanks very much for having me on. Um, I'm doing good. I'm doing uh, pretty good. Unfortunately, uh, I'm most definitely 100 times better than the weather that we're experiencing. Oh, man, look. it's fierce bad. Trampolines <laughs> everywhere, trees down. Nice yeah. storm that, once again, Ireland's not prepared for. It's great. No, I didn't think it was going to be this bad. But sure, look, you know, you've got to take the rough with the smooth and all the rest of it. So, uh, no, fierce take bad. It. <laughs> no, I, I went to go to Aldi after the gym and I was walking in. Apparently, Aldi and Ballincollig is just completely closed for no reason at all. So I walked into the middle of a building site without realizing, and then some dude came up. He's like, There's no shop there. It's all closed. So I was like, Oh, all right. Standing there in a pair of shorts and a t shirt walking in that rain. It was lovely. Only an orange weather warning. But no, all good. I do the same thing. It's always a short kind of day, like, but sure, look. Anyway. So. That's it, man, completely. So, look, thanks so much for coming on. Um, I suppose for those who maybe aren't familiar with you, would you give a little bit of background of what you do professionally and then, I suppose, your background in sport and everything along those lines? Just quick yeah, 10, cool. 15 seconds. 100%. So, my name is Kieran O'Byrne. I am owner and operator of online transformation coaching, the Strength Catalyst, and my sole purpose and duty, what I'm doing is I'm getting men back into shape after their sporting career sees so why I have uh, learned to specialize going down that route is because obviously I can relate to it. I had a bad ACL injury. Um, you know, my own experiences with the likes of anxiety, overwhelm, depression, all those kind of things like with sport being gone. And I got myself into really bad shape. So then I realized with my degree in sports science, all right, okay, I need to cut the BS here and get out there and start helping more people. So linking motivation with the practical aspect of coaching with education and doing everything online so yeah i think that was more than 15 seconds but i think that's who i am and what i do oh, yeah, good, description. <laughs> good description so uh your background is in strength and conditioning and say obviously you would have gone to college same as the rest of us is that where kind of fitness got on top of you where maybe the social aspects kind of tended to get take the priority over the fitness or was it just down to the injury that you just yeah, so this is this is huge, and I think it's actually really funny because there's so many aspects that we can talk about. Um, but I was all always into health and fitness, and what I learned then recently, where the whole thing from, like the massive interest in health and fitness came from, was you know as a young, you know as a young fella, you're always told, oh, you need to play sport, you need to play rugby, hurling, football, blah blah blah. You you try them all. And, you know, you always constantly want to get better. You want to get faster. You want to get stronger. You want to get bigger and all these different things in the sporting realm because you, you never want to be the worst. So obviously throughout the course of, you know, teenage years and whatever, you know, especially through like, you know, oh, where was it? Where was it? It really kicked off between 14 and 17. A lot of us lads, you know, you become really insecure and you're trying to chase the opposite sex. And you're like, oh, yeah, I need to get girls. So you're trying to build muscle as well as the fact that you're trying to show off and get better on the rugby pitch, you know, you're building muscle, you're doing your extra push-ups and uh, lifting weights and whatever behind mommy and daddy's back. And then, you know, that's just, it just 
kind of snowballs. So then by the time I was 17, 18, I decided to get big into weights and trying to look for any extra avenue of how to get better on the pitch, how to impress girls and my girlfriends and stuff at the time. And yeah, you don't realise it, but when you're constantly chasing, oh, I just want to get better, you start to build a passion for yourself. And that passion then comes a little bit more interest and a little bit more appreciation for technically speaking applying the simple principles and getting massive results for it so then I realized then right 18 doing leave and cert uh, what do I want to do and I went on to pursue a degree in sports science and typical as a lot of people listening to this are going to be able to relate to is like when you're in college it's a lot of drinking socializing and your sporting career itself can go on the back foot and you just kind of leave it slip away and you get worse and worse and physically as well as mentally and shut up geez we could talk about this for a few hours but basically you get to a point then of I'm not in as good shape as what I was in and I need to make some bit of a change so I stopped playing rugby when I was in second year of college going into third year whole year off got into coaching started to apply some of those principles and then I tried to go back to playing rugby at Tome ACL and then injury. Yeah. Um, if anybody doesn't know what it is, it's basically a major ligament in your knee that allows you to do a lot of things. So without it, it's actually really difficult to physically get yourself into better shape and to actually pursue the next level of competition. And yeah, that really tested me a lot, physically, mentally, and emotionally. Okay. And then obviously got surgery and stuff, got out of it. But then you realize, okay, shit, this is something that not just me, but a lot of people go through and um, yeah that physical challenge is one thing but mentally to have the the fortitude and resilience to go through it and endure the challenge without backing down it's not an easy thing to come by so when you have the support and the experience and the knowledge from somebody that's when you can really transcend your ability so that's where i said right drop all barriers just fucking plow on and uh that's exactly where i found that the online coaching can work with people because via phone calls, Skype sessions and texting and stuff, yes, you can motivate them temporarily. Um, but on top of it, unless you're giving them a plan to actually help them pursue their goals and make it special to them and nothing's ever going to change. So, awesome, yeah. Dude. So I suppose one thing I kind of be curious about is this time of year, you probably have a huge influx of clients coming in, probably people looking to get back in shape, January, new year, new me and all that stuff. I mean, what would be your tips just for someone in terms of just trying to stay on track, whether they're keeping on the plan they were on before Christmas, they're just trying to get off the bad food and everything. I mean, what stuff do you see the pitfalls people are falling into at the moment? Yeah. Well, um, one of the quick things there, like January is actually not a very busy month. When people think, oh, it's January, new year, new me, I need a new personal trainer. No, that's not the case. Huh? Oh, really? I I, I would have expected the complete opposite. No, no, no. People don't realize this, okay? So they think, oh, January is going to be the biggest month of the year for personal trainers. No. If you're any good as a personal trainer or coach, and if you prioritize yourself in the service delivery, you will not be much busier in January. Because quite simply, if somebody's coming to you and they're saying, I just want to lose a couple of pounds, can you help me? If you're going to just take them on for the sake of it, you're going to A, do them a disservice. B, you're going to create a lot more overwhelming anxiety with yourself. And then C, you're also going to give an even shitter service. But also in January, people have just come off the back of binge eating, uh, binge spending. And January, they say, right, new year, new me, new motivation. 
and they want to go do things themselves. And that's what people don't realize is in the first three to four weeks of the new year, people are trying everything and anything themselves. They're trying the kitchen sink approach. So when it comes to January, if people are reaching out to me, like right now, people are reaching out to me and they're saying, oh, will you help me? I say, no, because you're not my demographic. I'm not going to be able to help you. And I would suggest or recommend that you go to somewhere else. That's somewhere else, you know, obviously they're going to be able to better serve them. But just as a personal coach, like people don't realize that it is your sole duty to basically take care of these people's lives. You know, if somebody is coming to you and saying, hey, will you get me into the best shape of my life? You literally have that person's life in your hands. So by the time it comes January and people say, oh, new year, new me, I'm going to do everything and anything. It'll be a couple of weeks before you break down. So you need to be very careful as to A, what you're doing, B, who you're taking the advice from, and C, how consistent are you with the plan? So just to actually really answer your question there, what kind of advice would I give to people is start and work backwards. Sounds pretty stupid, but like if, if you're to stop and just give yourself five minutes and write down what's the ultimate goal, and some people might look at themselves and say, oh, um, I want to lose three stone. Oh, I want to drop 20 pounds. I want to get back playing sport. I want to run my first 5K. Whatever it may be, pick that and slowly start to work backwards. So you, you need to kind of look at the, um, the what's it called? The, the prior goal or step. So if you're looking to get to the very top of the ladder, what do you need to do? You need to take the very first step. So then you know where you're going to the second, third, fourth, and all the way up. But you only know that you want to get to the top if you can look at the top and start to work backwards, then you realize it's literally just one step at a time. So that'll be the first thing that I would say to people. Um, adherence and motivation are the first things to take a kick when you do not have a coach. So if you say, oh, I'm going to be really healthy. Yeah, you can expect yourself to fail after a couple of days or a couple of weeks because that motivation is only going to be temporary and it's going to wear off. Once that wears off, then you're left with falling back into your old habits, old routines. And... People have actually no idea how difficult it is to break a routine or habit. So that is a pretty serious thing with regards to the level of awareness, I would tell people, is look at the outcome, work backwards, and make sure that you have something to remind you consistently to stay on track. So I can't show you now as we're on screen, but like I have uh, my whiteboard here next to me. Yeah. I have like 10 goals written on it. I have three reminders there as well. As to what I'm doing, I have three A2 planners here next to me, as well of all my current goals. Uh, I have sticky notes here, right next to me, and I have four charts here as well of anatomy. And you can see my two bikes in the office as well. <laughs> it's a serious setup, man. Yeah, um, but like what I would say, what what bit of advice would I give to people straight away is know why you're doing something. When people say I want to get fit, why? Um, because it makes me feel better. Why would it make you feel better? Because if I have more muscle, I can pull more on the weekend. Good for you. James, go out there and keep lifting weights so that you can build muscle so you can pull more girls on the weekend and make yourself feel better. But you, you need to kind of understand what's, what's the real reason that you're doing it. You're not doing it just to impress other people. You're more than likely doing it deep down to give yourself a little bit more of a compelling conviction as to what you do truly deserve. So what would I say? Make sure you have an objective outcome and make sure that it's measurable. Make sure that you're acknowledging your routines and habits. And the last one then as well would be like, just make sure that you have consistent reminders as to why you're doing something. So for me, why do I want to be a coach? Why do I want to be a strong leader? 
is when I was growing up, I felt like I didn't have anybody. And that's quite simply like a lot of us, but not a lot of people are willing to admit that. But I didn't have any coaches throughout the course of the years to say, hey, Kieran, you're doing really good in this area, but you're actually shit in this one. So you need to do a lot of work and you need to get stronger. OK, how do I get stronger? Well, you need to adjust your rep range rather than going chasing 15 reps because you've been doing that for the last six months. You need to do eight reps at a very high uh, or a very heavy weight with very high intensity. You need to extend your rest periods. You need to make sure that you're measuring uh, the amount of strength that you're improving. You need to make sure that your rate of force development is actually increasing. So that's how you know you're getting faster. And you need to make sure that there's more of a technical element and there's correction happening. Oh, all of these little things, you know, people don't realize how much they pay tribute in the long run because they just want that short-term quick fix. And I get it. Look, it's January as well. It's the 13th of January right now as we're recording this. People are still high in motivation, but motivation does not dictate results unless you're doing it correctly. So that's what I'd say um, very quickly. I, I think that's a, a serious answer to the question. Plenty there for people yeah. to have. And in fairness, I respect that. But one of the things you said really caught me there. You said you, you would actually turn people away who wouldn't be your demographic. And I think that's a very commendable thing. The fact that you know, you're not going to tag someone along just for the money. You're going to make sure that you're the right fit for them and they're the right fit for you. So talk to me a little Absolutely. bit. What is your demographic? I mean, I know you have your own podcast about life after sport. I know a lot of your clients would be males who maybe have come out of their, their sport speciality. Is, is that the kind of the group you're focusing on in terms of the people you think you can help? Because I suppose that's your background. Yes. So like throughout the course of the years, I've worked in a lot of different avenues, um, a lot, all different types of people, literally all walks of life. But one of the biggest common features that I've noticed is with all my clients, there's a little bit more of an incentive with motivation and relationship building and understanding. So that all stems from me, my own personality, my experiences, which is, so who am I targeting? Who would I turn away is basically anybody that is too far outside of my respected scope. So me personally, I target males in their, as you said, with regards to my podcast, in their life after sport. So former athletes who have gotten themselves into poor shape. So they have this competitive drive. They always know that deep down that they, they're worthy of more, but they just haven't been consistent. And the big thing is as well, lads, I'm sorry if you're listening to this, but I'm going to break it down. Like your ego is way too big. It's far too big because you still think to yourself, oh, I know what to do. I'm going to the gym. I'm chasing a calorie deficit. I know how it works. And that's not really the case because they haven't been consistent in measuring their goals. And so like, when, when you ask there, like, who would I turn away? Like if, let's just say there's Sally comes to me and she just wants to get into better shape for her husband. I say, look, Sally, sorry, you don't have enough experience in the gym and you don't actually know what it's like to train at a high intensity. So with all due respect, I cannot help you because I would do you a massive disservice. And she could say, oh, but I'll pay you like two grand or something to take me on for however many months. I say, I'm sorry, but, you know, I pride myself, my service, my delivery more than the money. And that's a pretty, it's a pretty stupid thing for people to hear because they say, you're turning down free money. Well, I would rather turn down money and keep up the opportunity to actually impact somebody's life and change it for the better. Because as I said, everybody deserves the very best. And if you're going to give them any anything shy of that, then shame on you. So, awesome, um, man, awesome. I, yeah, <laughs> I have mad respect for it. I think that's, I mean, look, it's probably never a nice conversation to have with people and it's probably mm. a tough thing for other people to hear. But at the end of the day, it's better than going to someone and having six months down the line, you spent however many hundreds of euro 
and you're not where you want to be because maybe that person just didn't have the same goals for you as you might have had for yourself. So I think it, yeah. it's definitely an interesting one. Now, I suppose one of the things that I, I find really interesting in terms of you, you talk about your clientele as people finding a focus after sports. So say, obviously, you came out of rugby, you had a big injury, you had to rehab back from that. And obviously now, I know you're doing a lot of training towards Ironman in June. Is it June or July? Uh, June. Okay. 21st so like, of June, 160 days away. Is that your <laughs> first kind of endurance event? Or when did you actually kind of start to get into those as, I suppose, your next... I, I, I would assume they were kind of your goal setting and your next kind of preparation to kind of move yourself out of sport and into focusing on other avenues. Yeah. So um, the way that it actually went was, you know, anybody that's listening to this, you know, you don't realize a sport actually plays a huge part in your life. You're in a consistent routine. If you're training every week on the pitch, every Tuesday and Thursday, Monday there's a good chance you're in the gym. Tuesday there's a good chance that you have your nutrition dialed in during the day so you can show up to rugby. And then Wednesday probably in the gym again. Thursday you're on the pitch. Again, keeping nutrition in check all the way through the week so you have a big game on Saturday. All of a sudden that's gone. You've no idea who you are, your routine changes, you have too much rest time, your motivation starts to take a massive dip, and then all of a sudden your routine has gone out the window, but you're still eating the same amounts as you would have before. So obviously, look, we don't need to go into a lot of detail. Calorie surplus equals fat gain, multiplied by however many days, weeks, months in the year. And on top of it then, you know, we don't exactly feel amazing. So what it was that actually made me realize was it was, I can't remember the exact date, but I think it was like, it was a Saturday the week before the 1st of April. And what I remember was, I said to one of my friends, I said, do you want to go for a trail run? We just said, we'd just randomly go up to Curabinny Woods. If you ever go up to it, it's up by Ringeskiddy direction. Okay. It's actually a great place to go walk the dog. Just take that note down. Awesome. <laughs> um, nice little tip. <laughs> just said to my friend, do you want to go for a run? Yeah, awesome. We did it. And I remember that... Um, there was Quest Adventure Racing. I'd done one before, and I thought, right, this is kind of cool. It's kind of strange. So we were having a conversation. It spiraled very quickly. He said, do you know what? Fuck it. We'll just do, we'll sign up for this 12-hour adventure race, 146 kilometers. We said, we'll see how far we get. It's scary as shit, and let's go for it. So we started training for that. We did a few adventure races, and we smashed them all. Not We didn't win by any means, but you know, when you overcome such a massive personal victory like that, that is literally put down and said, no, you cannot do that. Only the crazy and stupid people can do that. Once you overcome it, you start to get a little bit more momentum and more, um, more confidence in yourself. So then that transcended and went on for weeks and months. And, you know, you fall back in love with training and you don't feel yourself if you're not training for any more than three days. Uh, you go three days without exercise. You start to feel borderline itchy and anxious. So then we had a conversation. It was last November 2018, and we said, right, what's next for the two of us? It's myself, Kieran, obviously, and uh, my friend Ryan. And um, we said, right, I, we think we should go for a, a half Ironman, uh, a 70.3. Uh, so a half Ironman, and we decided we'd go to Switzerland to do one. So Switzerland, why? It was the only place that was basically allowing us in our schedules to get it done. So it's a 1.9-kilometer swim, a 90-kilometer cycle, and then a 21-kilometer run. So we went for that. And what you notice is your, your consistency starts to pick up with regards to your routine. Obviously, your physique changes. You start to get into better shape. But the best thing about endurance sports is that you're constantly chasing a win. It could be knocking off 10 seconds. It could be knocking off 10 minutes. But it brings, that back, it brings back that competitive nature of I'm chasing the next best version of me. 
So it's pushing you. It's that competitive edge is after coming back. That motivation, that hunger, that drive that you have every day to say, I need to get better. That comes back before you know it. So Accelerate then, what, six months later, we did the first 70.3. We did a few more big adventure races. And you notice all your times coming down. So then you always say to yourself, what's next? How far can I really push myself physically and mentally? So we made the decision. We sign up for our first full Ironman. The two of us are doing it on the 21st of June in Yall in Cork. And it is a 3.8 kilometer swim, 180 kilometer cycle, and then a 42 kilometer run. So full marathon at the end. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's a bit crazy, but that's what we're doing. Yeah, <laughs> cheers. Hopefully, you get so, better uh, weather than last year anyway, because, geez, that windmill hill when people yeah. were in that rain and the wind was ridiculous. I was fucking outrageous, carry on, but it, it still went ahead. You know, people still needed to get it done, but um, like that's just what I've noticed. And in the past couple of months as well, I've actually started to transition people into doing it. Because, as I say, you go from playing sport at your peak then all of a sudden it's gone. So my job, my duty is basically to get people back into good shape. So the weight comes down, the muscle starts to build again. You become a little bit more competitive. And then as we're having a chat, a client nine times out of 10 is going to say to me, Kieran, I want to go for the next goal. What's next? So we endure a transformation process to get into physically and mentally into better shape. Great. But then that competitive edge comes back and it takes over. So now I'm basically transitioning people into Ironman and adventure racing. Awesome. So Jeez. quite cool. Yeah, it's um, it's pretty daunting to be perfectly honest, because people say, "Oh, geez, I could never do crazy stuff like that." Yeah, you can. Like your body is way more physically able than what you think, but it's it's mentally making sure that you're showing up consistently every day, every week. How do we fine tune your nutrition? Um, how do we make sure that we're actually dropping body fat? How do we ensure we're improving recovery? How do we make sure that you're actually consistently getting better with your training? Like, so my degree allows me to do all that. But then the relatability then to be able to say to people, hey, look, you're struggling. I'm here. I have the answer. Uh, I want you to win. So let's work together. But people aren't used to that support. And when they say, oh, do you actually want me to win? I'm like, yes, it's my best intentions. It's my duty. That's a really hard thing to get into the, into the front of the head, into somebody. when they realize that somebody actually cares and they do truly want them to win. It's, it's A, it's one of the most comforting things. But B, it's, it's very fucking scary to learn that somebody actually truly cares for you and they want you to win. So like, I suppose to wrap up your question, like, yes, I'm getting ready for an Ironman, but I also want everybody else to realize that you can get better. You can physically get into better shape. Technically speaking, it's easy. If you just follow exactly what the textbook says every single day, but look, we're human beings. We're fucking subject to emotion. I call a spade a spade. Your emotion is going to drive your actions. So if somebody insults you and, yeah, like if somebody insults you and you get you get really roiled up and you get enraged, like that turns into energy and that energy is going to produce some bit of an action. It could be punching somebody in the nose. But look, um, you can you can flip that then on its head very quickly and you can say, right, well, I'm motivated now. How do you turn motivation into a routine, into habit, into consistency to make sure that you're getting better to achieve your goal? Like as I said earlier, you want to get to the very top of the ladder. How do you get there? You hit the first step. What's the what is the biggest thing that has pushed you into taking action, into taking that first step to get to the top of the ladder? And that's, that's support and challenge. Like, that's, that's what everybody needs, but it's very difficult to actually understand that there are people that truly do want you to win. Yeah, I think everyone needs that support in life. And I think definitely, as was having a coach on board is a big part of that in terms of having someone motivate you on a regular basis and maybe mm. the belief that maybe you don't have in yourself. 
But I mean, you're a guy now who say you are coaching however many people. You're in many sense a massive sport and background, but you're facing down the barrel of a gun of a massive race that is Ironman Cork. <laughs> I mean, from your, your own point of view, outside of your clients and outside of everything else, what is the biggest part of Ironman Cork that maybe you're fearing the most or maybe that you feel needs your most preparation? Like for people who kind of aren't familiar, I mean, there's a massive swim, as you said. You have the cycle and you have the run. It's generally a massive day that's going to take a huge toll on your body. So, I mean, from, from your own point of view, what are you looking at there and going, look, that's going to be the part where I need to be mentally toughest? Is, is the swim, are you a strong swimmer? Or like, where do your skill sets, I suppose, benefit you in something like that? And where do you need to work a bit harder? Right, you're actually scaring me when you're all, when you're repeating it all back to me. I think, oh <laughs> shit, what am I saying? <laughs> um, yeah, the the swim is the hardest. Um, like to get ready for. Um, like it's very difficult to become a strong swimmer, but once you master the technique and once you're relaxed, you'll get it done. Um, where is going to be the hardest part? Most definitely, it's going to be the run at the end. Um, but when you stop and think about it, we broke it down a few weeks ago. Seventy nine point six percent of the entire distance of the race is on the bike. So, what is it that I'm doing right now? Basically, I'm after building the foundation. So, my coach, uh, Shane Finn, shout out to him. Um, Former guest, great guy. Shout out to Shane. Yeah, great guy. Um, yeah, cheers for the the broken body every day and every week, bud. But. Uh, we are basically after building a strong foundation. What's my strength? What's my strong point? And I said this to him and I said this to everybody. It's my mental resilience. Uh, if you tell me to do something, I will keep doing it. Um, one thing with Ironman training is you get into a very, very dark place, very dark place. And you start to think the worst type of thoughts that you could ever imagine at some point in the race. It usually happens in a little bit of a microdose in the cycle especially towards the end, I would imagine. Like, I'm not looking forward to hitting 160 kilometers and then thinking, shit, I've another 20 left. Um, but you will hit that point and you will say, this is really, really challenging. However, it comes to the run, you start the run, you have 26 miles to do. So there's going to be lonely parts of that. I remember last year doing an adventure race and I was literally in the middle of nowhere <laughs> running through fields. And I was thinking, oh, fuck. I have another 17 kilometers to run. There's nobody around me. What's going to happen? Again, look, you're chasing that ultimate goal. You're, at the, you're chasing the top of the ladder. You have to go one step at a time. And um, Conor O'Keefe, another big fan, another great guy, like, he always awesome, says, like, one foot in front of the other. And that's all it is. So what am I fearing the most? Nothing. Like, I am fearing my own ability, if I were to be perfectly straight and uh, you know black and white about it. Um, Everybody fears their own true potential. That's what scares them the most. So since that's such a massive fear, it puts them back into their comfort zone. That's terrifying. But I suppose to answer your question straight up, what am I scared of the most is probably going to be the run. That's, it's not my weakness, but you have a 3.8 kilometer swim, you have a 180 kilometer bike, and then you have to run a, a full marathon. So no doubt physically and mentally, you're going to be broken. So that's going to be the most challenging part, probably around 12, 13 miles in. Because you're halfway and you think, shit, I have to do this whole thing again. So yeah, that's pretty big. Now, in, ter yeah. in terms of a race like that, when it's your first full Ironman, I mean, is it just mm. down to, for you as, I suppose, an athlete, is it down to just wanting to finish? Or do you have specific goals in mind in terms of times or everything along those lines? I mean, obviously, you're working with Shane as your coach. You have a lot of preparation going in. But I mean, for a lot of people who go in maybe as just amateur athletes, their, their main aim is just, I'm going to finish this same in a marathon. 
And then maybe as they build up, they're going to do more. But yourself, you're a competitive dude. Do you have any goals in mind for the race? Or is it literally once you get it done, you'll be happy in yourself? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll hit you with this one. Look, this is a, this is a quote. I originally heard this from Coach Carter. Um, it's class. I can't remember the woman now that actually the poet. But um, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear yeah. is that we're powerful beyond measure. It's fuck it. It's insane. Like, and when you hear it, you go, oh, "That's so good." Um, the worst thing and the best thing about endurance sports is you constantly want to improve. So when people say, "I just want to finish," fuck off. I'm sorry. With all due respect, you say you just want to finish. No, you want to get there and you want to accomplish your goals and you want to make sure that you've overcome your biggest fears in the world. So when people say, "I just want to finish," no, you don't, because it becomes an addiction. If you finish your first one in 17 hours. You will then say, I want to do it again and I want to get it in 16 hours. And then it becomes 15, 14, 13, whatever. So for me, what I'm trying to do, I'll gladly admit this, I've gotten my massive competitive edge back and I want, I want to physically and mentally push myself to breaking point. So 12 hours and 53 minutes is what I'm aiming for. I don't know why that. I had a dream a few months ago and I just saw that as I was crossing the line. I said, all right, this is obviously some stupid sort of a sign. So... That that is in my head. Um, that's that's my goal. But like it, it makes me realize that okay, how am I going to get there? I need to break my goals all the way down. So throughout the course of it, I want to maintain a one minute fifty five to two minute uh, per hundred meter swim throughout the course of the whole thing. I want to maintain a comfort pace, well, a relatively comfortable pace of thirty kilometers an hour for the whole 180 kilometer bike. And then I want to range somewhere between 5.20 and six minutes for, uh, per kilometer for the marathon. Jeez. How do I do that? So how do I do that? So I have a decent aerobic base, which is basically the underlying foundation in the house. And then on top of it, I need to make sure that I'm doing a bit of speed work. So my newest goal is, well, my, my most uh, looking for the goal that I'm looking forward to most right now is going to be hitting 5K in under 20 minutes doing that then what's next making sure that i can uh, improve my bike speed my dynamics my efficiency all these sorts of things so um yeah to answer your question really i suppose is like what am i aiming for is 12 hours 53 but i also want to make sure that i'm actually raising money for alzheimer's society of ireland as well and awesome. yeah i am um, i said you know what set a big huge goal that is going to scare the living daylights out of you and i'm going to try and raise 25 grand so i'm actually doing a cyclothon in two weeks yeah scary awesome. as hell that like, on, um so what i'm doing is i'm actually doing a couple of fundraisers and i'm doing one on tuesday the 28th of january i think that's the date it's the last tuesday of the month and i'm doing a 12-hour cycle inside in the maryburn nursing home um so yeah that's that's one thing so i'll be sharing the link obviously with this podcast and with everything else. So, um, yeah, that kind of gives you a little bit more of a driver because look, as harsh as it might be, like to say, you need to really just take the emotion from this one is like, I will remember the pain and the suffering that I went through, but I'll know that I've overcome it. And a lot of people, unfortunately, with Alzheimer's and dementia, they can't even remember themselves, let alone their family, the good memories that they've had. And, you know, it's, it's actually soul destroying. It's heartbreaking to see. So I said, look, I want to make a change. I want to make a difference. So when I'm in that dark place, that's going to remind me, like I'm fighting for the people that can't remember. So, awesome. yeah. <laughs> that's nice though. I, I really, I, I like the fact that you're, you're putting something above yourself on the line for it. It's massive. And obviously yeah. you've all fundraisers. So look, 
whenever you have any of those, make sure you give me a shout to share them out because I think that's that's really really yeah, cool. Yeah, cheers, dude. But like, just to you know, to kind of wrap up that question, really, like if people put so much limit and limiting beliefs and limiting actions in themselves, they don't know what they're truly capable of. So that's why I said, right, okay, I'm going to raise awareness for a charity that, look, I'm not going to say it's very close to my heart because I'm very grateful that I've had, I haven't had anybody in my family yet that has been deeply affected by Alzheimer's. But I do, I do help older people like every week. And it just made me realize going, oh shit, like temporarily you're speaking with these people, you're helping them just by saying, you know, how's your day going? They might forget you in 20 minutes time but you're still making them feel good. And that's one thing as well. People people might remember what, they might forget what you said, they might forget what, what you've done, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. So if you can dictate that level of emotion, which is exactly what I do with my clients every single day, I make them feel like absolute shit when they're doing their sessions. But what do they do? Coming out the end of it, they say, I'm so fucking happy that you pushed me that hard. And that that's the thing, linking that back to that motivation theory essentially is you can overcome whatever the hell you want if you're consistent with your efforts. So if you can motivate somebody to get the very best out of them, they go through that dark place, but they'll always come out the other side of the tunnel. Uh, again, that's that's breaking down that taboo, breaking down that ceiling that people put on themselves. And that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. So 12 hours, 53, raising 25 grand for Alzheimer's, trying to make that difference and to be, be the light that's shining into the dark, you know, if you want to put it like that. That's man. Really, that is actually awesome. That is me pumped yeah. now. I, I'm excited for you to do this race. I'm not going to sign on <laughs> myself, but I'm I'm pumped for you. Uh, now look, don't suppose, worry, man. It's stupid. It's crazy. <laughs> it's cool though. It's a nice one for the bucket list. And look, I mean, look, I'm sure that a lot of people who, especially because the events in Cork now, and I suppose a huge amount of listener base would be in Cork, would be excited mm. for it and excited at the prospect of maybe being able to do it somewhere down the line as long as it sticks around. So yes, can you give me a decent enough idea of like what goes into your week like i know obviously you run your own business you have all your online mm. clients you probably have a lot of self-learning yourself busy busy week what way does the training break down for you on a weekly basis now obviously it probably vary but just give me an idea of what kind of hours and what sort of training are you actually putting in to perform in a race like this because it's it's a massive event and i think people i suppose people don't really break it down to the extent of how big an event it is and how much effort is going to go into it so i mean for you yeah. when you're prepping for something like that on a weekly basis you must be putting in a huge amount of miles and a huge amount of training yeah so like with that if if you're not scheduling you're losing quite simply so that's what mondays are actually for for me is i block off like six to eight hours just for me to schedule to plan to make sure that i'm prioritizing everything so monday tuesday thursday and saturday um yeah that's four days a week four, four essentially heavy days is what i've um, discovered the last couple of weeks that's just the way that my programs have been running so four heavy days of training but they won't happen unless i'm prioritizing myself and my schedule so if i'm being lazy about things then that's not going to get done i'm going to be anxiety fueled i'm going to be behind schedule and then you feel like shit and then your sleep goes to shit <laughs> quite simply so once that happens, then, you know, you're going backwards. So what does my week look like? Monday, I have two sessions. Tuesday is two. Uh, it 
it it breaks down. So Monday is usually swimming in the morning and then running in the evening. Okay. Tuesday is indoor trainer. Wednesday is off is where I usually go for massage or do an extra bit of mobility work. Thursday is two training sessions. And then it's either Friday, Saturday or Sunday. It's another two training sessions in one day. And there's one uh, long social cycle in there. So it could be somewhere between 10 and 12 hours of training a week. However, that being said, that 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 can't happen unless I'm doing my work. So what do I do is one thing that I actually did this a long time ago and I swore I'd never give it up because I get so much satisfaction and appreciation and gratitude from it is I used to be a physical trainer in nursing homes. But basically what that was, I was going into nursing homes, I was doing physical activity classes uh, to make sure that these people were still being independent stopping them from uh, breaking down and from, you know, physically as well as mentally, you're, you're giving them a massive sense of stimulation and independence. So I still do that. You just, you create such a massive emotional connection that you're, you're never going to want to separate from these kind of people and the impact that you're having. So I do that five hours a week awesome. on top of it. I'm, I'm running an online coaching business whereby I check in with my clients several times every single day. So when you're making sure to educate them, to the point that they become self-sufficient, it speeds up the process. And that's, that's why I opted for online is because, as I said, you want to make sure that you can, A, motivate people, but you want them to also become fully self-sufficient to the point that they can say, look, I got my motivation back. I lost all this weight and I actually feel like I can, I'm empowered now that I can make a difference with more people because nobody realizes that you're a leader to somebody always, everywhere you go. Somebody is looking up to you. So if I, if I can instill that power and belief and, you know, emotional resilience in people, then, you know, I'm doing my job. So I don't want my clients with me all the time, like forever and ever. So hence why I'm giving them the education, the tools, the motivation to be physically able to keep going themselves. Whereas if you're just, if you're just showing up to a personal trainer two or three times a week, a, you're going to pay for it. It's going to be minimum of 30 quid an hour if it's going to be any bit of a decent trainer. B, you're not going to be able to get any extra information in a lot of cases because your one hour or 30 minute session, whatever it might be, is strictly allocated to you just doing the work. And then C, you're not really getting much of a chance to actually empower yourself and to overcome your victories because you're relying on somebody else to show up. So that is basically where I'm going with regards to my business is it's not just giving somebody a program and saying, do that, you get results. It's every week we combat the plans. We make sure, right, okay, what are we doing right? What are we doing wrong? Where's the nutrition having a pitfall? Then how do I boil that back? So every week uh, inside my private Facebook group, uh, everybody gets a webinar to make sure that they're actually bringing up their level of education and motivation to improve their results. And then off the back of that as well, I'm accessible all day, every day. I check in several times during the day, every week with my clients to make sure that they're on top of things because they are the foundation for me being the person that I am. So yes, it's great that I get to help them, but they're also inspiring me to make a bigger impact. So if I am not prioritizing my training, if I'm not prioritizing my clients to check in to make sure that they're getting results, then everything is just going to crumble. And that is where the foundation of this whole basis is a whole amount of planning is basically planning and prioritizing you. So the thing that matters most, yes, I love to train, but unless I'm prioritizing the people that matter the most, the people that are um, reliant on me to get their workouts done, to get their nutrition on check or in check rather, 
then you know I'm going to fail. So it's a case of sit down, plan out your week, what's the most important thing, and then work backwards. Just like we said with the ladder. How do you get there? You go one step at a time, but unless you know where the ladder is and how to use it, you're fucked. So, um, yeah. <laughs> so that's a, that's a little bit long-winded. That's what my week looks like. And to link that back then, like, you know, it, it is subject to change every week a bit, but, you know, that's, that's kind of it. With regards to training, yes, somewhere between 10 and 12 hours at the moment. That'll probably go up as well in a few weeks. But, you know, I need to make sure that I'm looking after the foundations properly so that the house can stay standing. It's a serious amount of training. Oh, geez. Even the thought of it is actually just scaring me. I mean, I, I think I did like a 40-minute gym session today, first one of the new year, and I was just like, oh, yeah, that's uh, we'll maybe fit in two more of those this week, maybe three. <laughs> uh, talking 12 hours, Christ almighty, I'm mental. But, I mean, look, yeah. if you break it down, I suppose one of the ways – I probably spend my time and a lot of people spend their time. So you probably do that on Netflix in a week anyway. So, I mean, it's just mm. scheduling and making sure you're on top of it. And I mean, if it's getting you to your goal, I think it's absolutely savage. Uh, now look, yeah. dude, one thing I'm really trying to work on with myself at the moment. And one thing I'm planning on asking most of my guests is mm. just more about like, I feel like in the world we live in, everyone is highlighting how great they're doing, how amazing their life is and all the great stuff going on. Mm. But for me, one of the things I like to do is highlight the struggle a little bit and highlight the areas that maybe in my life that I'm not doing so well on. So for you, you're a busy guy. You're taking on a lot. You have a massive schedule. What would be your biggest struggle at the moment in terms of the thing you're really struggling to keep on top of or the thing you want to keep on top of? Because I think one of the, it's great people hearing how fantastic your training is going. I think it's great people hearing that you're running a successful business. I think that motivates people and that drives people on. But I think one of the things that's going to land with more people than anything else is hearing that a guy like you who's doing that well and who has all these goals maybe has something that he also needs to work on. So if it's too personal for you, don't worry. But I'd love to hear if there's anything going on with you in that sense and how you're combating it. Yeah. Um, yeah, like this is something that a lot of people want to ever share because if they go, oh, no, um, this is relating back to the Instagram theory of basically you're only to ever show your highlights. But if you're only ever showing the highlights, then people aren't seeing the true struggles as to what you endure and who you are and what you're going through every single day. So if they're not able to relate to that, then how the hell can you help them if you don't understand? So how can you help somebody that is, you know, let's just say, look, this is a, a perfect example, actually, whereby personal trainers will overstep their mark. If one of your clients is going through a very tough time, like mentally and emotionally, if you are not qualified to help them, do not help them. You cannot do it. It's stepping outside of your respected scopes, outside of your field, and you're also susceptible to a massive insurance claim. So it's just like me going to somebody and saying, I'm actually an insurance broker, give me all your money. And then if they find out that I'm lying, then I'm in serious, I'm right up shit creek without a paddle. You know, so, like, and that, that's one of the things that people will go too far to that scale is they'll only show their highlights whereas their lowlights might actually be terrible. So like to ju I just kind of wanted to get that one across as like people's perception is really, really of just the highlights. Um, so I want to be like a bit of an open book as I always am. If people ask me a question, I'll give them a straight up answer. Not everybody likes it, but look, tough shit. I am who I am. If you don't like me, whatever <laughs> you're lost. Yeah, um, so yeah. Yeah. Um, what kind of struggles did I go through? Like, um, self-doubt is a huge one. Absolutely massive. Like, yes, I have a degree in sports science. Yes, I have three letters. I have BSC after my name. That means 
fuck all with regards to can you help somebody so then sometimes you're doing up programs and you're thinking oh no this is coming across too simple it's too easy uh, for me to do this um i'm a fraud so you get stuck with what's referred to as imposter syndrome Imposter syndrome is basically you start to think that you're not good at what you're doing because you start to devalue it and you think, no, it's not going to make a massive impact on somebody. Now, here's Catch-22. So you write a, a 10 out of 10 program for somebody and you cannot get them to do it. You have it done within 20 minutes. You can't get them to do it. You feel like you're a fraud. But the reality is, is that you're just not specialized to motivate that person. You can't understand where they are. So therefore you can't motivate them. So that then might flip back on you and make you feel like shit because you failed that person. That's one thing. But if you're constantly stuck in your own head, um, playing like a ping pong ball, you know, going back and forth, left, to right, you're not getting anywhere. So what would be one of the biggest struggles with me personally is getting out of my own head and just doing the work. But if you overthink things, you're, you're fucked. Um, I say you and I can both relate to this as well as everybody else is going to be listening. But if you're overthinking something, you're stagnant. You're not doing anything. You're not moving forward. You're not moving backwards. You're stuck stationary. So then what happens is that gives somebody else or something else power over you because you're, you're not actioning anything. So you're stationary. You're stationary. You're, you've already lost. So what would be one of my biggest struggles? Um, anxiety happens on a regular basis. What do I need to do to overcome that? I need to stop. I need to breathe. So if you're doing 10 or 20 programs in one day, you need to just stop, go for a walk, get outside, get a bit of vitamin D, a bit of fresh air. On top of that, you might just start to, like I meditate as well every second day for 20 minutes. I just shut off. So anxiety is going to kill you unless you're controlling it. Meditation is one of the big things for me. Exercise is obviously a massive outlook or output for me and it allows me to just reduce all my anxieties and stress and organization if i'm not organized i'm going to get anxiety hey this is something that happened to me last march um not a lot of people know but look i'll say it as as always like i went to sleep at 10 to 11 i woke up at 10 to 3 in the morning having a massive panic attack I just thought I'm fucked. My whole business is failing. Um, I've no idea what I'm doing. And then without realizing it, these very dark thoughts creep into your head and it's very, very difficult to get them out. So like, as I say to you, I'll say this to anybody else is like, we were on the top floor in our apartment and I had this vision in my head. Fuck it. Just open the doors and jump. Just fucking do it. So like, Look, I'm not trying to turn this into like a counseling session. And I always say that to people. When you, go, when you talk deep, they go, oh, this guy is freaking out. No, that, that shit happens. And to make people realize that that's okay, but you need to stop and you need to almost slap yourself in the back of the hand and say, cop on, do not let these thoughts take over. Because what can happen is you're going to strip yourself of your own power. You're going to allow other people and environments to dictate you and your actions. So then what can happen is you're wasting yourself in your own life. And it sounds extreme, but if you're subject to other people and other things controlling you, then you're better, you're better off dead than you are alive. Okay. You're not serving your purpose. You're not serving yourself and your true level of ability and capability. So therefore you have less purpose. You have more reason to be dead than you do alive. That sounds really extreme, but look, feel free to just pause the podcast. If you're listening right now and just listen to that one back and even just, just have a little couple of seconds to yourself. And go, oh shit. What am I doing? But that's where my people are, you know, they're stuck in jobs that they hate, they're anxiety fueled, they're taking days off, left, right, and center, they're going to get doctor notes. But when they're inside and work, they're, how are you? Yeah, yeah, I'm okay. 
they're not actually embracing the struggle to do something to you know the the struggles that we endure will always bring about good things for us but if you're just enduring the struggle and not doing anything about it it's going to break you down if you leave it so there's too many people are scared of other people's opinions which is why one of the biggest things that i promised myself two years ago like when my mentor pushed me he basically said nobody's opinions are going to pay your bills just remember that so you do you you be you and when you're getting anxiety and overwhelm and you know little glimpses of what the fuck am i doing you know i think i should just jump out the window and just ground yourself because you are a leader to somebody somebody looks up to you every single day of the week every single week of the year like you are somebody's idol so like yeah to kind of answer that question like what kind of struggles would i go through would be anxiety is a regular one and that was a massive thing that stemmed from me a couple of years ago once i realized i don't have sport anymore but once you're coaching somebody once you're leveling them up once you're helping them come to you know uh, one step closer to their true potential like that reduces everything and it makes you really appreciate who you are and your level of worth yeah so um no, that, yeah. is, that is massive man and look thank you so much for sharing it's actually i didn't actually know that about you i didn't realize it was going to go to that place but I mean, look, I think that's one of those areas that I think benefits people so much. And I know myself, I struggled similarly with anxiety and I struggled similarly enough mm. with panic attacks and I have my own coping mechanisms that I'm still trying to develop myself. And I think for yeah. people to actually realize that maybe someone who's doing really well for themselves still has the same struggle or maybe that it, mm. even two years down the line, you could find yourself in a much better place, but still it's all about coping and I suppose building the right setup for yourself to be able to cope and to be able to progress and to be able to really drive yourself on in life. I think out of anything from this podcast, outside of the training, outside of the business aspects, I think that's what is actually going to land with most people is the fact that we all struggle. We all have hard times. We all maybe don't feel like we're achieving to our potential, but there's ways to get past it. There's ways to build upon our lives and improve them. And maybe sometimes you need to scrap what you're working in or scrap what type of training you're doing or anything along those lines. And just focus on what's good for you. And, you know, dude, seriously, I, I actually massively, that, that has really blown me away. And just the, the power of a statement like that and the power of a story like that to really demonstrate to people how it feels or what's going on in someone's head that maybe no one ever realized. It's, it's crazy powerful. I, honestly, I just love that. So look, yeah, thank yeah. you so much. But like, look, dude, that's, that's one of the things. And I, um, I read a book a couple of years ago, and that was a training book. It's called, uh, I don't have it here. It's called CEO Strength Coach by Ron McKeefrey. Just all training principles, what this uh, top-level strength and conditioning coach had done to get through things himself and whatever. He mentions a little bit more about his story as well and all different types of training. But one, of, one amazing quote that he said was, do not shine the light where the light has already been shone. I thought, what the hell? This is unbelievable. But it didn't resonate with me properly. So like shine light into the darkness is going to have a big impact. And what you need to realize is, yes, it's great that in this country, the taboo is kind of being broken about, like, you know, the whole thing of mental health. That's, um, you know, that's not cool for guys to talk about it and stuff. Like, if anything, asking a question is a sign of strength, not weakness. But to be able to relate that back then to who I am and what I do, how the hell can I expect to lead people physically and mentally to get themselves to their true potential if I had not been there before, if I don't know what it's like, if I have not authentically endured the struggles, the anxieties, the depressions and, you know, overwhelm, all that shit is normal. But to be a leader, that's where you stand up in front of every person that is there to support you. And you say, I fucked up. 
I put my hand up. I apologize. I got it wrong, but I'm going to be true and consistent with this and I'm going to get you to where you deserve. Say the captain of a ship, you know, um, what is it? There's another amazing quote. Like, uh, the ship is safe in the shipyard, but that's not what it was made to do. And a smooth, a smooth sea never made a skilled sailor. You need to take the rough with the smooth. 100%. You know, so uh, that's it. Like, and that's why I'd always say, like, you know, don't ever be scared of being you, whoever you are. Like, tough shit. Nobody else's opinions are going to pay the bills. So you need to stop and almost, like, remove emotion and say, is this going to help me? Yes or no? And act accordingly. Like, is this person toxic or are they beneficial in my life? Yes or no? Act accordingly. Like, who are you out for? You're out to fend for yourself in your own life. Everybody else, with all due respect, fuck off. If they're not contributing anything, get out. You're better served elsewhere. <laughs> you're, honestly, I, you're preaching to the choir. I couldn't agree more. I think definitely negative people i've talked about it far too much i won't go down that rabbit hole again cutting out the yeah. negativity is is massive now look dude thank you so much for coming on i've literally yeah. taken up an hour of your day already and i can't let you go <laughs> without plugging first of all you fantastic social media where i find great benefit in it and second of all your mm. podcast so please tell the listeners exactly where they can find you and so they can also benefit from some of your content and maybe yeah, cool. so, uh, maybe some future clients I'm, down the line <laughs> perfect um i am actually just getting back to being properly active on instagram uh, in the past couple of weeks just got a little bit like busy with you know life and business shall we say so i wasn't really too active on instagram yeah so then as strength strength catalyst at strength catalyst if you want to find me and on facebook as well the strength catalyst like kieran o'burn or if you want to reach out to me personally on facebook just kieran o'burn and um, my podcast as well life after sport i'm actually recording another one just after this and what should you do straight away um as your life in sport is coming to an end what should you prepare yourself for so that'll be launched today and that is available on spotify life after sport so yeah dude that is i think i think that's everything i have a website as well the strengthcatalyst.com so if you want to jump onto that and see who i am and what i do uh, there's enough information there I think people have really got to know you from this hour anyway. It's great. Um, <laughs> but honestly, and, and I'm delighted as well you're recording a new episode of the podcast because I, I was waiting on one to come out. It's one of those ones that I'll, as soon as it comes out, I usually listen within a, a few hours or at least the next day. It's just one I really look forward to. Look, dude, thank awesome. you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Everyone, go follow Kieran. Take a look at all his stuff and especially that podcast. I'm a huge fan of it. I have no issues plugging someone else's podcast. It is definitely, there's nuggets of gold in there and they're short, quick episodes. That'll really teach you a lot. So look, please tune in. Dude, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Excellent stuff, buddy. Thank you.